Many of you have misunderstood God. I'm not blaming you, but it is a product of wrong teaching. It could have come from your idea of who God is. It could have come from the Bible as taught in the church or in the traditional religion. But that is not who God is according to the Bible. Allow me to explain. When I was very young, maybe around four or five, or maybe six, my uncle was trying to teach me how to ride a bicycle. So my father had bought a bicycle for me. I still remember seeing it for the first time. It was imprinted in my vision. I'm like, wow, that bicycle is mine. But I didn't know how to ride the bicycle. So my uncle did the duty of pushing me around. So here was my uncle giving me instructions on how to ride the bicycle. He said, you pedal, you hold the handlebars, you sit on the seat. So I had the bicycle, I had the information, but I did not have balance. So he would push me and he would let go and I would stumble and fall because I did not have balance. So he kept on doing that. But here I am, I had all the information. I even had the device, a brand new cycle. But I could do nothing. Some Christians are like that. They know all the scriptures, they have the Bible, they have everything. But the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him in Psalm 34.8. Taste and see. That means I could tell you of all the recipes that I made when I was doing my internship in the kitchen. But it won't do anything if you're hungry. The recipes, what, will, what happens? Nothing happens. You must eat And your hunger must be taken away. God must be real. You must have balance. Without that balance, you can have the best cycle in the world. You can have the best technique to ride it. But if you don't have balance, you will hit a coconut tree. Ask me how I know. So, my uncle tried. Maybe one day, two day, or third day, he was like, ah, what's the use? Many pastors are like that also. What's the use? What's the use? Here I am giving the word. I'm doing everything. What's the use? You don't have balance. Until one time, when my mom, I remember very clearly, called my uncle for lunch. For all, us all for lunch. Because lunch was ready. This was good news indeed, yes? So my uncle went for lunch. At that moment, I found balance. I'm like, oh, I can ride the cycle. So I call out to my uncle and I said, Henry, Henry, uncle, Henry, uncle, I can ride my cycle. He said, come for lunch. Leave your bicycle there, come for lunch. I'm like, huh? Like, he was more interested in lunch than me riding the bicycle. Some pastors are like that also. But here, I found balance. Like that, I was looking for Christ. I, I was looking for God in all the religions of the world. But then, The one who I was looking for found me. And that is the balance. If you know what I mean. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Without that, when you read scriptures like 1 John 4, 8. 
says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Without balance, without knowing God, how is that true? If you put a lot of kutikora powder, doesn't add love. Kutikora powder, you know what that is? Yes. What is some perfume we add, doesn't add love. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Many Christians walk around with this fakery bakery. You really have to know God. Otherwise, how can you have the confidence that he who began the good work in you will bring it to completion? Now that I had balance, I knew afterwards I could do a wheelie. Without a balance, I could not do a wheelie. But first you must have balance. You must taste and see the Lord is good. What does John 8.32 say? I told you this last week also. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Truth, the final reality. These are explorations in faith by the Lampstand Church. Our mission is to remove darkness and to reveal Christ. Because we don't know God, or we know, or we, we misunderstand who God is, we, we view him with those glasses. Maybe God is out to punish us. Oh, maybe God is out to condemn us. Maybe look, God looks the other way when we sin. No. God has his standards. But God is love. Here's the problem. Like I said last week. There is no chapter on baptism in the Bible. There is no direct information. It is spread throughout the Bible. Some things that are relevant to New Testament are spread throughout the New Testament. Why is that? Because it will stop somebody from tampering with that. And sometimes in different translations, one sentence could lose a meaning or even a chapter could be misunderstood. But not if you compare scripture with scripture. Do you understand? But here's the problem. There is no chapter on baptism. And because there is no chapter on baptism, people have gone and ran with all kind of interpretations without understanding the word of God. I'm not here to talk about baptism. But here's what the Lord said. He communicates with his body of which he is ahead. We are his body, are we not? Yes. And that is called the church. So there is no private interpretation of any of the scriptures. I, as a pastor, don't have my own interpretation. I have to sit with the Lord. And where, first of all, is this scripture is relevant to the scripture. I don't care if some guy on television talks about something else related to that scripture. I, that means nothing to me. I don't go by that. I'm not accountable to that person, whether they're famous or not. I'm accountable to God, yes? Do you understand what I'm saying? So then, I understand that there is no private interpretation. For you not to go into error, you must belong to a church because that is what he speaks through. And if you don't belong to a church, you will be tossed to and fro. It is written in the Bible. So humble yourself 
and belong to the church. And because, I'll give you an example, because even I was dealing with it last week, because the church has not explained certain principles, people have misunderstood scripture left, right, and center. And when, they, when you talk to them, you, you, you might be saying the right thing, but they are viewing it the wrong way. For example, in 1 John 5, 16 and 17, if anyone sees his brother sinning, a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin. And there is a sin not leading to death. So what does that mean? Can you sin and have it not lead you to death? Because that's what the word says. But I thought if you sin, you, you're separated from God because of the sin. So what does this mean? You can only get that interpretation in a church if you belong to a church provided it is relevant for you, not for head knowledge. If for this, for you to understand, you must understand what death is, what sin is, what life is. Do you understand? From not because you, you, you come up with all kind of definitions for this, but what does God say is life. For example, Eve was the mother of all the living. The Bible says that, yes? Was it after she sinned or before she sinned? After she sinned. You read the Bible. Then after she sinned, how can there be life? Did God name her the mother of all the living or did Adam name her the mother of all the living? You have to understand what we say is life is not really life. That is why Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life in its fullness. Do you understand? But then what does that mean? It's appointed for man to die once, yes? Do you do understand? Yes, that is why the scripture is very clear and very logical, if I may say so. But you must understand what God means by this. So you're not tempted what the devil will try to do is tempt you with all kind of deception and false knowledge. So I have written, if by death, John is talking about the second death, then only one sin leads to that death. And there is only one solution for that sin of death. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the Christ of the true God. Yes, that means as a Christian, if you accept Jesus, you can still sin, yes? I'm talking about you, not about me. <laughs> but do you understand? But that does not lead you to death because 1 John 1, 9 is, says what? He's able to forgive, yes? You get right with him. Yes, do you understand? But that is, doesn't lead you to death. What leads you to death, the second death, is not accepting God's solution for that death. The second death, that is Jesus Christ. Do you understand? Yeah, and so if you find, for example, I am not accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
It says very clearly, do not pray for that. Because that is manipulation. I've explained all this in, in the Bible study. If you want to go through the last week's uh, Bible study. And you will understand. Because you are to open the channel for them to understand. But it is their choice to decide whether they want to go to hell or they want to go to heaven. It is not your choice. It is their choice. Your choice is whether you go to heaven or hell. But you are called to preach the gospel. And the Holy Spirit will do the convicting. Like I said, all this is what I taught on before. John 16:8 just says what? The Holy Spirit will convict you as you speak, yes? But you will get a solution and an understanding only if you belong to a church. Because three weeks ago, I took a scripture which is often misunderstood, which is saying what? A woman shall not open her mouth in the church. That is why we hand out uh, duct tape in, this, in the door, yes? So it's for all the women, yes? Is that what the scripture says? I don't know. It says that in the Bible. So I must follow it. No, understand what it means when it says that. Do you understand? Yes? So that is why you must belong to a church. Instead of misunderstanding and misrepresenting God. Like I said, the last time I checked, God is not a male chauvinistic pig. Do you understand? He loves us, yes? Let's go to 1 Samuel 7, 12. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizbah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. That means what? You must make an altar. I'm not talking about Catholic, physical, Roman Catholic altars. You must make an altar of what the Lord has done for you so far. So you don't forget. Do you understand? This might hurt a little bit. But did not God heal Charles, who's not here now, he's in Goragon, of sickle cell anema? Yes, you know the miracle God did, yes, in his life. But last week when he spoke, did he mention that once? I'm asking you, did he mention that once? No. He spoke about all the other flowery things, but he did not mention that once. I'm using him as an example, he knows that. He, where are, what, does that not mean anything to him? Has not what God done for you meant anything to you so far? Has he not helped you? I remember Ranjit when he was in ICU he didn't know his left from his right he didn't know with Joe from his mother and God healed him and God said it'll come to pass I was that confident I left why did God heal him? was it for him to pursue his own agenda or the plans that God has for him. 
The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the right standing with him, and all the other things shall be added unto you. Do you understand? Get your priorities right. Seek first what? All the chocolates in the world? All the things of God. Do you understand? Yes. Did not God restore your life? I remember at one time I was praying for my family and I saw a big funnel, gigantic funnel. And the funnel had water. In that water, there was three people swimming. One was my father-in-law, one was my mother-in-law who's sitting here, one was my brother-in-law. And they were swimming and struggling. And the Lord asked me, no matter how good swimmers they are, they are, what is the end? I said, the end is that water will drain all through that funnel. And God said, watch this. And then he, I saw a hand come underneath the funnel and the water stopped going out. But when I looked above, there was no difference. They were still swimming, struggling, and whenever they get close together, they would hit each other. It was like that. And I was about to jump in the water, and the Lord said, don't jump in now, because they will pull you down with them. But what is the end now? I said, the end is stop. Wait for the waters to calm down. And then I saw the waters that calmed down because it was no longer going down the drain. And when the water calmed down, I saw a hand pluck each one out. That is the promise of God. I may not see it right now, but it will happen because God has said so. Do you understand? I remember at one time, I'm, I'm just saying this, when someone told that uh, my brother-in-law should sell that house whether he has I said no I said the Lord is making me hear footsteps of children at that time neither Samuel, Daniel, Joel nor his kids were born I said don't sell this house do you understand and those children have grown up yes I'm preaching Later you can preach, yes? Okay. Do you understand? Has not God restored your life? Yet, we do not see it as that. And we use his blessings to pursue something that is not his will. And then we complain when things don't go right. And then, based upon one lie and another lie, you built a house of cards and finally you come to me saying, Pastor, what is the right thing to do? What does God say to do? And I look at this and the whole house is built on lies. What is the right thing to do? Repent. Get right with God. I can't tell you what is right and wrong at that stage. Do you understand? But most people expect the pastors to find a solution for the, all the lies in their life. That is not right. Do you understand? What is 
1 Timothy 6, 6 say, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. If he was content with what she had, what was given to her by God, would she have been tempted? No. This is the basis of all our temptation. This is part of the curse that God laid out. You can read the, all that out later. But what we are called to do in Christ is to be grateful to God. Yes? Thankful for what he has done. What did Samuel do? He put a stone and said, call it Ebenezer. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. These stones will cry out. You read that in the New Covenant. I'm not going to that, yeah? Be faithful to God. Be truthful to him. What does Paul, the apostle of Christ, say about this? 1 Timothy 1.15 This is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptance, that Christ, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. He said that, not me, huh? Do you understand? But we take that attitude. Ah, that is good for him. But I am on a pedestal. You can't touch me. No, nonsense. We are all saved by grace. Do you understand? Through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. There is no difference. So be thankful to God. If Paul can acknowledge, oh wretched man that he is, who will save him? Do you understand? If Paul can acknowledge that, we have to acknowledge that there is sin lurking in us, but there is also the Spirit, and if we walk according to the Spirit, there is no condemnation. And that is why I'm telling you, God is a God of love. It doesn't condemn you. He doesn't condemn me. Yet we get our moral compasses wrong. The other day I was speaking to someone. I, and I said, how can you talk to your son this way, that way, when you yourself don't have your compasses right? You, we get our moral reality from the Bible. If God says it's good, then it's good. If God says it's bad, then it's bad. I don't get what the culture says. Do you understand? So get your moral compasses right. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the rest will be added unto you. Hallelujah. God loves us and he wants to save us from his ultimate wrath that he has for earth dwellers. All you have to do is read Revelation for starting from chapter 4, 5, 6, 7. The wrath of God, when it begins, oh, don't want to be part of the tribe called the earth dwellers. Do you understand? And those who believe in God will be caught up to him. But in Romans 5, 9, it says, Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Through whom? Through Christ. Do you understand? So understand, we are all destined for that wrath. But Christ saved us, and therefore death has lost its sting. I'm not saying you and I won't die, no. But death 
is a graduation. Hallelujah. Where I go after I die, I can eat lots of pizzas and not get fat. Hallelujah. That's good news, Elwina. Yes, hallelujah. He's smiling. But do you understand what I'm saying? Yes? So stop misunderstanding God. If anything you take away from this message is that we must stop misunderstanding God. God is somehow trying to get you blessed. I told you about the example during COVID times of that pastor trying to get that money to his daughter who was studying somewhere in, I don't know, I'm not going to say the country, but somewhere in the Eastern Europe, yeah? And when she got that money, he was overjoyed. That would mean that he would then get to see her because that money was going to be used for her ticket back home. Like that, God is trying to get you blessed. Don't run away from it. Do you understand? But that blessing is on God's terms, not on your terms. That's why you must understand what God means by even the word love. Do you understand? That's why you must belong to a church. And if you don't know, read the Bible. Ask your pastor. He will tell you. Get your moral compasses right. And stop misunderstanding God. Go to John 3, 16 and 17. A lot of people read John 3.16 and you might know John 3.16 and that's good. But John 17 follows that. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is how much God loved us and he gave us Jesus. But it says in 17... For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In other words, God knew how sinful Prina is. God knew how sinful Mary is. God knew how sinful I am. And yet, he decided To save us. That makes love not an emotion but a decision. Do you understand? So the solution for sin is Jesus. And if you accept Jesus there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk according to the spirit. Yes? Do you understand? Yes? So Understand that God loves us and God doesn't condemn us. Amen? Let's stand up and worship him.